0: All right, so what do you think after 2 weeks? What what is your assessment? Obviously, from here on out, the opponents will be much different. Although Middle Tennessee did go to Colorado State and kind of whip the Rams, that was a good win for them but they will not probably see. Maybe Texas State, Arkansas State could be similar to a Middle Tennessee, but, but who knows? We'll see. They, they've, they've played okay here early in the season. But from here on out, Coach Signet even said it to me on, on my post game. we're going to have to strap it up from here on out because now we'll really find out about what, uh, what this move to FBS means. But what do, you, what do you make of this team through two weeks?
1: Yeah, you know, I think this team – Really, you know, I think they opened everyone's eyes last week. You know, nobody knew what to expect against the Middle Tennessee team, which won a bowl game last year, had some pieces back from that team. So, surprised everyone to go out there and blow them out. But this week wasn't as much of a surprise, obviously, when you, when you outscore a team 155-21 in your two-and-a-half meetings you've, you've played with them. But I think, you know, the run defense is something that shows that JMU here. I mean, they have the number one run defense in the country right now, only allowing 21 yards through two games on the ground. I mean, they're averaging like .4 yards of carry against them. And, and after the game, James Carpenter talked about, you know, their, their goal is to get teams under three yards per carry, and I think .4 goes well. But that's going on all cylinders really defensively and offensively. You know, Tots and Tail, he's still the number one quarterback um, in all of Division One football, according to PFF this week, and, and he only played half the football. So that just tells you something there, as well as, you know, leading the, the country in, in touchdowns, or second in the country in touchdowns. Jamie at least the country overall so I think it's a good start you know through the first two weeks but yeah starting next week the uh the level gets turned up a notch
0: you know with this defense again there's so many new faces and when you got guy, lose guys like really at all levels you lose guys like Bryce Carter and Mike Green up front you lose Demonte Tucker Dorsey and, and, and Kelvin Azanah at the linebacker spot you lose I mean Torres Carroll at a corner you lose Wessie McCormick at a corner I mean they lost some really key pieces that were good football players, but for guys to step in, I think there's probably still some concern with the corner spot. But but defensive line wise, James Carpenter was phenomenal over the weekend. Those two backers continue to make plays. Do you feel good about about really the front the front six and what they're doing right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was something that we felt that I thought was a good a positive for them. You know, going into camp, just being so deep there. Obviously, they lost a few pieces in the middle of camp, but they're still really deep on the line, especially at the end. But, you know, James Carpenter having a breakout game after not getting a tackle in the first game against Middle Tennessee, going out there and doing what he did um, against Norfolk State, really, I think is a, is a positive sign. You've got Jamari Edwards next to him. So, interior looks to be okay for the first two weeks. And, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens against App State, a bigger offensive line and, and things like that. But, you know, overall, I think the line looks good. Um, you just keep, you talk about losing the other guys, you know, secondary hasn't really been tested yet, and that was something we, we wondered heading into the year, and so far they've pretty much put up to what they need to do.
0: Gave up a couple plays late in the half, early second half, obviously the 90-yard touchdown uh, that, that there was uh, a double move that went for 90, but how about corner? Again, the, all of a sudden they put Chauncey Logan in. He played the entire second half after Xavier Coffley picked up a, a P.I. And, and, and got beat a couple times, but Jordan Swan also got beat. At one time early in the second half, it was Chauncey Logan and Brent Austin, the two true freshmen playing at corner. Um, so obviously very young, but but talented. They've moved some guys around. Devin Coles is now playing at the at the Rover spot along with uh, Nakai Meredith, a transfer from NC State. So if they're going to move some guys to some other spots, they've got to feel pretty good about those young guys. But um, still young guys. What do you make of the corner spot right now? Is that
1: still a concern for you? Well, you know, kind of. Just being the fact, you know, you, you had Xavier Cookley kind of, beat a few times he the one-on-one fade really wasn't his, his friend um this past weekend and then he got burned again on that 91 yard touchdown I think that was on his side of the field but you know when you have Chauncey Logan who didn't practice much at all no. during the fall come in and it, on his first pretty much first couple plays in the game he's got to break up a pass the end at the end of the half I think that shows what he can do and, and we heard Coach Cignetti talk about it today you know they're high on him and I think that you know With him practicing again, we'll see a lot more of him. He played the whole second half and and did well. I think he was targeted, I believe, three or four times. Didn't allow a reception. So pretty good debut for for a freshman.
0: I would not be surprised if he ends up starting at at corner. They – they're high on him. I mean, coach talked about him at the Sun Belt media days. Unfortunately, he didn't get to practice a ton, but they are really high on him. And his length stands out. You don't see many corners that are six one, six two, and he just he even looks bigger than that with the, the the length and his reach and everything. And that's huge on those 50-50 balls. Again, playing at a higher level now in the FBS.
1: It is, and I mean, we saw him do it against Norfolk State, as I said. You know, jumping in there. And when I looked at one of the photos that our photographer at the DNR got, you know. From the end zone, you zoom in, the guy's had the ball in his hands, and Chauncey basically goes up there and just punches it out. And I think, you know, that's something to see on a jump ball like that. But you talked about another freshman playing, Brent Austin. He's played the most snaps of any cornerback at JMU for the mm-hmm. first two games, which I think is an impressive number to see. And a guy who didn't really get much recruiting, and he looked at what he's doing now for them.
0: Yeah, that's it's very impressive what he's doing. No question about that. We're talking to Noah Fleischman from the Daily News Record, as he is the Jamie Football beat rider, As he joins me every Monday to recap what took place over the weekend and offensively, pretty efficient again. And, and that was good to see against a team like this. Sometimes you can you just your operation can be a mess and you get penalties and, and this, that, and the other. But especially that first half, um, there were a couple of, of plays they'd probably like to have back. But I thought it was very efficient, and that's probably why we we didn't see tots and tail in the second half.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tuck and Teo went out there in the first drive, and it was a different first drive than we saw against Middle Tennessee where he, he had to take a second to settle in. This time he came out five plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. And that engineering, you know, three touchdown drives in the span of seven minutes. And I think, you know, that's all they needed to see from him, and they took him out after the first half. And player younger quarterbacks, that game instead of hand. And I had some people asking me whether they thought, you know, he may have been hurt or something. And I don't really think was that. I think it was more of, no. a you know, he he's, he did what he needed to do, what, 12-17, 12-16 for over over 160 yards and three touchdowns. I think that's all he needed to do against an FCS opponent.
0: Yeah, no question. And and I really thought Billy played well. The the one incompletion was a drop by Terrence Green that was a great read through his progression. And it was going uh, <laughs> to be a first down on a third and eight, I think it was. But I thought he came in and played really well. Did we lose Noah? Oh, we're back. There you go. We lost you for a second. Now, I was just talking about Billy Atkins. I thought he was impressive when he came in and played.
1: Yeah, you know, I thought he was. You know, you talked about that, that one pass that, you know, I think Terrence Green saw all over the open field around him and, and ended up taking his eyes off the ball. But he had a touchdown. He played really well. I think Chris Cignetti was also happy with what he saw from, from Billy Atkins. And he shows, you know, the depth of that quarterback that Jamie really has. Obviously, Todd Tateo lighting it up. But Billy, you know, in the limited throws he had and kind of a wet game, he made, it, made all the throws he needed to make, and he looked really really, really good.
0: You told me before the game that, that there was going to be a tight end, going to make a catch. <laughs> you were right on. Drew Painter had three. Kelly Mitchell had a good, tough, contested catch to the goal line on a third down, or it might have been a fourth down when they went for it, to get a first down at the one-yard line. But uh, Drew Painter gets three. Those guys, um, and Zach Corden doesn't have a catch, but he's played well so far. I know that group gets overlooked, but I think they've played really well, and they're missing Noah Turner right now, who hopefully is going to be back for the App State, App State game.
1: Yeah, I mean, you talk about this is a group that doesn't really, they're not known for their, their pass catching. Mm-hmm. They're really good blocking tight ends, kind of some of the best in the country. I mean, I looked at it this morning. Dak Horton is still, I think, number three overall as a run blocking tight end in the country in the FBS. And I think that just shows, you know, how good these guys are at their job. But, they they caught the ball on Saturday, and especially the little flea flicker play they ran, and Drew Paints was wide open. and. You know, I, I turned around and, and looked at Chris Brooks. And I was like, "See, I told you a tight end would get to the ball today." And he ended up getting a couple more after that. So, but was not expecting a little gadget play there. And we, I asked Chris Ignetti about that earlier, and he kind of laughed about it. But
0: yeah, it's yeah, why not? Put it on film for people to prepare for. No doubt. Does Chris Thornton continue to amaze you? He does me. I know we know he's great, and he's a he's a tremendous football player, and he's a great kid. But. He just seems like he's open every single play and just uh, people know he's that good and he has 18 catches and five touchdowns in two games and and didn't play a lot of that that second game but does he amaze
1: you still yeah because you know when you, when you look at him he he's Jamie's number one wide receiver right you know when you look at it on paper what he did last year coming to the year now what he's done these first two two games. And he still finds ways to be wide open on some plays. And I kind of scratch my head and, I'm like, how does this defense let him get that far open? And he, he makes you pay for whenever you leave him open. Another two touchdowns this weekend. And he leaves the NCAA or tied for first and receiving touchdowns. So I think that's all you need to know about Chris Thornton. And he continues to get the job done now. Obviously, against an Appalachian State team next week, it's going to be a little bit of a different challenge. They'll definitely know about him and, and try to shut him down. But we'll see see how, that, how he responds, and if he still finds a way open, then I think, you know, you've got an opportunity to be one of the best receivers in the conference.
0: Is this team, as we talked to Noah Fleischman again from the Daily News record, is this team different than than what you thought it was going to be through two weeks? I, I think we, I, week one, we weren't for sure what we'd see from Middle Tennessee, but but I know you and I talked during, during fall camp, and Eh, just not quite sure. I think they've exceeded my expectations. I know the opponents haven't been great, but I feel better about this team now going into the Sun Belt, going into the gauntlet that they have throughout this season. And again, as we talked about, who knows how many wins. That may not equal a ton of wins, but I feel better about them competing than I did probably, eh, probably two or three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I did too, and and that's even after a weekend where the Sunbelt plays so well this week, especially the Sunbelt East, and I think, you know, they're going to be competitive. I don't see, you know, Kurt Cignetti talked about it at at media day, you know, he talks about, didn't expect to be losing by two or three scores, and I don't think they will lose a game by two or three scores this year. Obviously, I don't think they'll go undefeated in Sunbelt play, there's a ton of good teams anyone can win on a given weekend, but I think this is a team that can They'll probably play all of the Sunbelt games really tight, and... We'll get a look at that next week, but I, I think you know I am a lot more comfortable saying that now than I may have been a couple weeks ago before kickoff against Middle Tennessee.
0: Yeah, uh, I think I think it's even surprised Coach Signetti just talking to him a little bit nah. off the air and stuff. I think he's even surprised a little bit by how he 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 felt like this team could get to where they're they're at right now. But the one thing, even though they, they've played some lesser opponents, this team has a tremendous amount of confidence right now because of their execution and how they're playing right now. That's I think going to help next week against App as well.
1: Yeah, I think you will too. I mean, obviously, you know, you want to win games, and, and winning games is, will help. But you know, blowing teams out like they have the past two weeks helps, and getting your younger guys in the game, and then rewarding them, as he said today. You know, they practice so hard to get them in toward the end, and everyone gets to play, and everyone's happy. And I don't think we'll see that against App, but App also comes into this game. They'll have a lot of a lot of confidence too. Obviously, knocking off the number sixteen in the country, they do play this weekend, but. They're still probably going to be. They're still going to probably have some confidence from that game a couple weeks after, even if it's not immediately following.
0: Yeah, we'll see. It's they play a decent Troy team, so <laughs> wonder there could be a letdown. All of a sudden, they could be one and two. That might be the worst thing for the Dukes if they play an angry one and two app team. <laughs> A week from Saturday that's obviously still a really good team, but again, they'll play Troy this weekend. It's at home, it's their first conference game, and then the Dukes will play. It's a three thirty kick, as I mentioned earlier, some breaking news. Three thirty is that kick down in Boone a week from Saturday. Is this is this a good week for a bye week? Do you think this is a good time for that?
1: It's perfect timing actually when you think about playing your first Sunbelt game against a team like Appalachian State, who's one of the premier programs in this division, and you have two weeks preparing for them now, I think that's probably the best case scenario for JMU and you get an opportunity to break down their film. You know, Christian Nettie he said he's already watched it a few times, and I guarantee you he's probably watched that Texas A&M game a few times too. And I think the more time you give this team to prepare, the better outcome they may have. Obviously, they had, what, a month to prepare for Middle Tennessee, and you saw what they did. You give them two weeks to prepare for Appalachian State, and I think you might have a good outcome. They pretty much won't be surprised by many things they see. I guarantee you Appalachian State and Jamie will do the same thing. They'll throw different things that they haven't used yet um, in that game, but it'll still be an opportunity for JMU to governor of this game more prepared their opponent since their opponent mm-hmm. has to play a game this weekend and, and not really look ahead to JMU until the week after.
0: Dukes and App State again a week from Saturday, 3.30 down in Boone. Noah Flashman, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, my friend, and we'll talk again soon.
1: Yes, sir. Thank
0: you. All right. Thanks, bud. Noah Fleischman again from the Daily News Record. Check out more of his stuff and all their stuff at dnronline.com slash sports. Or Just go there and check out all their coverage. JMU, Bridgewater, High School, EMU, it's all right there. So great stuff from those guys.